the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for being with me today. I hope your week has gone well or at least you've been managing because this is, is again, has been quite another tough week. And so I, I kind of thought I wanted to focus today on friends. Because, you know, when things get so stressful and negative and difficult and scary and uncomfortable, all those things, our friendships, you know, take a beating because it makes it harder sometimes to be a really good friend because we we don't have the energy sometimes. We're just exhausted, tired, frustrated, upset, you know, um, super disappointed or just worried, worried about things. And so I want you to think about what constitutes a good friend. And you certainly want friends, and I want good friends for you. So I want you to be a good friend first. I want you to be the friend that you need to be to others, and and that way you're helping and encouraging and supporting them being a good friend to you. So ask yourself if you're a good friend. Because what, what really is a good friend? Well, a good friend really understands. And if they don't really understand personally, they understand you. And they accept you. And they want to be the kind of friend that you need. And one of the things that makes for the hallmark of a great friend is someone that is actually learning to be the kind of friend that you need versus being the friend that is easiest for them to be. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be somebody I'm not. But I want to learn what, what really works for some people, what doesn't work for other people. Some people want to spend more quality time. Some people want to talk about hopes and dreams and visions. Some people just want to laugh together. Some people want to do adventurous things together. So this is where you want to think about What really is a good friend? And a good friend is authentic to themselves. And they're still able to be what you need. So if we look at the definition of a friend, because you know how much I love words, and so I like to look up the the history of them and, and what they really mean. And so when we look at friend as a noun, 
what we find is that it's someone who is on your side. It's an ally. That's the number one definition of a friend. A friend is also defined as a person that you're fond of, whom you talk with or spend a lot of time with, the person that you've known a long time, that you've trust. So if we look at it as a verb, what is, what, 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 when we look at friend as a verb, that means that it's, that it's truly someone that adds, into, is, adds someone to the circle of your communication. So it's especially when we see this in social media. So we friend people. It's like, and, and if we really look at friends as a verb, it means they take action on my behalf. And so they're not a lazy friend. They seek me out. They check on me. They think about me. They might do something for me that, that otherwise may be uncomfortable for them. But because they're my friend, maybe they'll go to a certain movie with me. Maybe they'll talk at 12 o'clock at night because friends do things for their friends. And those things that we do many times are a sacrifice. But those things that we do for a friend is because we care. We, we, we want their life to be better. So think about this idea of a friend. And this is, we also can look at it as this is a person that knows you well. It's an intimate associate. It's a close acquaintance. It's a person that's on the same side of the struggle with you. It's not one who's the enemy or the ally, you know, the, the foe, but the ally. They're a sympathizer. So they take seriously what bothers you, what hurts. They're helpful. They're reliable. So when we really want to ex- understand friendship, when, who's, the, who's the best friend we have? Well, we know that wonderful, beautiful song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, right? And I love that song. Because Jesus really is our friend. God is our friend. God wants to be our friend. And, and sometimes I'm sure that I'm probably not a very good friend to God. And I appreciate the fact that he lets me continue to work on that with him. But he's a very good friend to me. He doesn't keep record of wrongs. He doesn't throw stuff back in my face. He doesn't say, well, I told you so. Well, I warned you. Okay, you're an idiot. He really is quite kind, even when I've messed up, even if I have hurt him. So let's learn about friendship from the best of all friends. So when we look at at friendship, this comes from the word phileo, and that is the the Greek word for love. And that, that type of love is a friendship love. So it's love of fellow men. And so the word speaks more of this warm affection that that friends and family have. Whereas when we look at the word eros, that's more closely, closely associated with sex. That's libido. That's the attraction, the sexual attraction that I have for someone is an eros type of love. And phileo is, is not necessarily felt between people who are at enmity with one another, but phileo mean it's, it's kind of friends and family but not toward people whom we dislike or hate, okay? So there are many times that I can be friendly, I can do phileo love to someone I don't know. But phileo love is really, really reserved for those companions, 
those close friendships that we have, <clears throat> versus agape love, which means that I love a stranger. I, hurt the, I help the person on the street that I don't even know. I open the door for someone that I don't even know. This is the difference between phileo and agape. Agape love, God loves everybody, and he loves his world. He doesn't agree with it all, and he's not close to everybody. He's not best friends with everyone, but he loves everyone. This is when we send money to a charity for a, a, a country overseas. That's agape love. I don't know who's getting the money. I don't know a specific person, but I'm loving that country. So when we look at this, let's look at Mark chapter 12. This is verse 30, and it says, Love the Lord with your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And he says again in Mar- Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, he says, I'm sending you out like, sh- like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Now, this is going to sound like a g- big contradiction when I use these two verses. <clears throat> but the idea in Mark, that, that is that we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all that's within us, all our strength. And that type of love that we have for God then comes back and he fills us up with his love that, is in, that enables us to love people that are not very lovable. And a lot of times that might, that might mean ourself. So God helps me to love me because God loves me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so when we think about loving God and the benefit of loving God is also that he changes us. While we're in relationship with him, he changes us. Have you noticed that when you interact with certain people, they either bring a better version of you out or a worse version? And this is why this verse in Matthew chapter 10, when it says, I'm sending you out like sheep sheep among wolves, therefore be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Now, what does that mean? That means that there are some friends that if I know their proclivities, if I know their tendencies, if I know kind of their character, I may need to be a little more shrewd. I may be need to be a little more careful with what I offer them, what I tell them about myself, um, what kind of a, a deal or a business deal I might be involved in with them. It doesn't mean they're not my friend. I can like a lot of people that, that maybe I don't want to necessarily be like. And so I need to be an adult in that way, and I need to be shrewd, because otherwise I'm going to limit my friendships to not very many people. And then be innocent as doves. Now, what does that mean? The innocence doesn't mean that I'm naive. The innocent means that I believe the best. I hope the best. And that I want to be innocent in my motives as well with people that I love and that I call friends. So let's look at agape love. And this is the most famous of all verses. This is love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong, it love, and love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. This is very important when we think about the state of our world right now. 
that love never fails. And I want you to think about the fact that love does not mean I change my value system. It doesn't mean that if I love you, I make what bad thing you're doing right if it's, if it's wrong. It means I want to be very shrewd. I want to be very adult in my love for you. And I want to be innocent as well, that I'm going to believe the best about you. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Now, this all comes back around to me and you. This has everything to do with, am I a friend to me? And usually what we find with a lot of people is that not only are they not a friend to themselves, but they might even be their worst enemy. So we're coming to the end of this segment, and I want you to be thinking about this. Are you a friend to God? And do you let God be your friend? What kind of a friend are you? And are you a friend to you? Because you're with yourself all the time. You never get to be away from you. The better friend you are to you, the better friend you are to God, the, the more you accept God's friendship, the better friend you will be to all the others, and the more discernment you will have. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment to talk about what comes between you and God. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You can listen to the current shows, download them, send them to your friends. Also, you can ask uh, for a study guide. We, we try to make those every week for each of the shows, just if you want to do a little bit more comprehensive work on the show. We also want to make sure that you are following social media. We have lots of things out there for you. I have great assistants that are very helpful. And you can find this show on many, almost all podcasts that are out there. So you can start with Podbean, and Podbean also manages a lot of other podcast servers. So I'm sure that you can find it on the one that is your favorite. So I appreciate always your prayers and how much you, you listen and how much you try to, to put these, these concepts into practice. And so we are talking about friendship and what a friend really is and having God as our friend and me being a friend to God. So what, what do you think comes between you and God? What comes between you and others? And most of the time, we're going to find that it's going to be our selfishness. It's going to be our fear, unrealistic expectations, our dishonesty. These types of things are the things that always come in between friendships. Not respecting the other's needs, not valuing the friendship, just taking it for granted. These are all things that also come between God and myself. Do I take God for granted? Do I put effort into the friendship, into the relationship? Do I appreciate him? Do I try to be a good friend to him? Am I honest with him? Thankful to him? Be a good representative of him? So these are things that, that when you really think about being a God-centered person, we want to say to ourselves, if God is willing to be my friend, 
That's amazing. What, what, do, what does it mean to me that I'm going to be his friend? So let, let's think about how God is our friend. And, and I came up with this article I found by a woman named Jen Armon, and it's, it's ways that God is our best friend. And so I've added some and, and morphed it around a little bit, but I liked the general idea. And she really talks about best friends that, you know, most of us have one and that there, there are people that we, we go to when things aren't going well. And, and, and there are those first people that we want to call with exciting news, with, with our latest hurt or offense or fears. And, and it, it, it's about five or so things that I think are really important in a best friend. And one of those is that he listens. She's honest. She encourages you. He enjoys spending time with you. Loves you even when mistakes are made. Now, we've all heard this before. <clears throat> we all want to be that friend to someone, and we all want that, have that type of a friend. But God really wants to be your best friend. And I'm, I'm telling you the truth. When you have a mature spiritual life, an active spiritual life, and I don't mean like walking around, you know, spouting Bible verses, unless that's part of what you like to do. I, I know I like Bible verses. But there, I want to practice the qualities of friendship that, that God reveres and God um, certainly teaches. And so one of that is that no matter what qualities you look for in a friend, you're going to find that God would always be your best friend. He does not ever leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He's not going to throw you under the bus. He doesn't shame you. And the nicest thing about God that I have found that is still, I don't know, I can't even comprehend it, that all humans need privacy. And one of the ways to really harm human beings is to take away their privacy. That's what prisons are about. That's what concentration camps were about. That's about when we are deprogramming people in cultic situations. We take all their clothes. They, you know, we, and, and this is one of the things about exposing people inappropriately is one of the most harmful things that we can do to humans. So one of the things I have found with God is how much he respects my privacy. Now, isn't that interesting? I mean, he knows everything. It's not like it's not like I'm hiding something. It's like, you know, the little kid that, you know, hides hides their eyes and thinks their parents can't see them, right? But that God actually allows me a private life. Even though I know he knows everything, he doesn't expose me unnecessarily or inappropriately. So he lets me have that feeling of privacy and doesn't invade me. So God is a true best friend. He's with me all the time, even when I'm not aware of him. He never leaves me. So God listens. He listens to me. And that's Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. It says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. It's in the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. So who, the, who is the first person you talk to in the morning? Now, I would love to tell you that I wake up and immediately pray and have a devotion. <laughs> well, and <clears throat> to be honest, I don't. I, I don't. I do better at different seasons in my life. But I really, I really attempt to do that. I really attempt to start my day with God. 
to make sure that I, I am having my focus at least in the beginning of my day, having a healthy focus. And so God listens to me. He listens to me all during the day. I rant and rave to God many times. I talk to him a lot. And he listens. This is a huge thing about friendships. If you've ever noticed, who's the friend that listens more than talks and gives you direction and opinions on what you're saying and doing? Who's the friend that just is interested, says, tell me more? Like, what else? So God listens. He's honest. God is honest. The best friend is an honest friend. Not brutally honest. And not honest for the sake of manipulation. So God is honest. He does not lie. In Titus chapter 1 verse 2 it says, God does not lie. God cannot lie. That's someone I can trust in. And God is encouraging. He tells us in Jeremiah 29 11, he knows the plans he has for us. And they're good plans to prosper us, not to harm us, for hope and for a future. So I believe that now as we are going through such a hard time in our world, in our nation, but in our world at large, that God says this, this earth still belongs to him. And he says he has good plans and he doesn't want to harm us. He also enjoys spending time with us. And this is good and pleases God who wants to all people to be saved. <clears throat> he wants all people to acknowledge him. He wants to be with all people. So he enjoys spending time with us. God loves us even when we make mistakes. And this is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us, loves us. And he says in John fifteen thirteen, God, there's great, no greater love than, than this, the one that lays his life down for his friends. And that's what God is doing and has done. Everything he can do to help you be successful. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about really how much God wants to be your friend. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you again for being with me this Sunday and listening to the show and for taking advantage of all the shows that we have done throughout the years and that you send them to your friends. I really appreciate that. We really want people to be the best version of who they can be, to have a life that is truly meaningful, certainly not without pain, but that we let the pain be for our gain and not in vain. We don't want pain to just be in vain. We want it to, ca to cause us to be better people. And so we are talking about this idea of friendship and friendship with God and the fact that God wants to be our friend and he calls us his friends. And so I want you to think about what kind of a friend are you? And what I have found is that the more, the more I accept God's friendship and the more I work on being a good friend back toward God, I'm naturally a really good friend to people around me. So let's think about some qualities that set 
real friends apart from many of the other relationships we may have in our lives. And this I found on Huffington Post. I like it many times. There are some good things there. And there's a woman, her name is Lindsay Holmes, and she she talked about some genuine friendship qualities. And I like some of the things that she said and added lots of my own. And I want you to, to really take in these types of things that set really good friends apart and that we want to be a really good friend, especially in marriage. One of the things I work on with many of the couples that are in my office, I really strive to help them be the best friend to one another, that they have a best friend, someone that's got their back, someone that knows them so well, still loves them, understands their idiosyncrasies and what really gets under their skin, what they really, really like, what's really enjoyable, what really can hurt their feelings. There's something about being known by another and being really deeply known and still deeply loved. So let's think about qualities that really set real friends apart from just, you know, buddies or people we hang out with. So we know that one of the things they do is they accept us. They accept us. And in accepting us, they also help us to be more accepting of ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but accepting myself, I mean, that really is truly one of the hardest things I ever have to, I've ever had to do. And the only thing, the, the hardest thing I, I continuously work on is accepting me. I mean, I have to be with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I have to be with me for eternity. So it's good for me to get along with me and be my own friend. But it's so much easier to be other friends to people. It's so much easier to accept other people's problems and struggles and weird weirdness, right? So sometimes our greatest faults can be our negative self-criticism. See, this is when we understand that the very thing that my friends are doing for me, if it's working, I should do it for myself. So the way that God loves me works. So why would I not replicate that toward myself? Because I'm with me all the time, right? And that way I am so much better able to do it for others. See, it's really hard to, to do outside of you what you have not mastered inside. I mean, you can do the gesture, but it has so much more weight, so much more power, so much more impact if I'm doing it inside of me and it's a natural outflow from me. So when I truly accept me, do you know how much easier it is to accept others? When I love me, when I hold me accountable for, the, for, for truth, when I forgive myself, I am so much better able to do that with others. So good friends also call us out when we're wrong. No, they don't do it like in front of everybody and shame us, right? That's not a good friend. And they don't do it to have an upper hand. It's not a competition. They do it to protect us. See, when God points out to me, hey, that's wrong. That's a sin. You need, <clears throat> you need to stop doing that. Why would God do that? He doesn't want to set me up for failure. God doesn't want me to be unnecessarily exposed. 
So if I'm wrong, God is very good about saying, hey, that wasn't right. So you may want to change that. It's not going to go well for you. And I would much rather someone that loves me tell me I'm wrong, that God would tell me I'm wrong, than some stranger on the street who doesn't care anything about me exposing me and my wrongs. So think about being a good friend. That Good friends cover, yes, but we also talk about what we cover, right? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about being God's friend and what are qualities of really good, good friends. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt, and I am Cynthia Hyatt, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are just tuning in, we are in the last segment of this show, so you can listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also download it to your computer or also forward it to friends, which I really appreciate you doing that. And you certainly can find it on your favorite podcast server. So we are talking about friends, being a good friend. What is a good friend? And that God is your best friend, if you will let him be. And he wants to be your friend. And he also wants you friending him. This is why God made humans. He wanted friends. He likes people. Now, he doesn't like everything we do, obviously. But he really likes you. And this is really important to understand that one of the things that we know about friends is they just like us. Now, I say to clients frequently during the day, one of the hardest things about a romantic relationship or a relationship with a member of your family or whoever has been in your life for, you know, since junior high school or something, is it's painful when you love someone very much but you don't really like them very much. And so I have to tell you, one of my frequent sayings is I say to people, you know, if you want to be liked, be likable, right? We learned that in elementary school. Be likable. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be somebody that I'm not. But why would I purposefully make it hard for people to like me? Uh, there's things I can do that cause me to be more likable, that make it easier for them to be my friend. That's part of being a grown-up. That's part of being a good friend is I'm not going to make it so difficult for you to be my friend. I'm not going to be so hard to get along with. I'm not going to constantly rub you the wrong way, right? So think about what comes between you and God and your friendship with God. Because what I have found in my life, the better friend I am with God, the better friend I am to others. That that vertical relationship with God really strengthens the horizontal relationship I have with other people. So as I learn to let God be my best friend, I learn to be a better friend to others. And one of the greatest ways to be a friend to others is to be a friend to myself. And that's what we were talking about at the very end of the last segment. We were talking about how do I be a good friend to myself? Well, I accept myself. That doesn't mean accepting 
something doesn't mean agreeing with something. So I accept the things I do, even if I don't agree with them, because it's a work in process, right? So I call myself out when I'm in the wrong. I don't always leave that up to other people to have that burden of having to tell me, hey, that wasn't okay, or that wasn't appropriate, or that that wasn't the right information. Or you accuse them of something they really didn't do. I would rather me be my own friend and holding myself accountable so that I don't have to always rely on others. Now, this next thing is very important, and this is where God really shines above everyone. A good friend is present. How many times have you spent time with a friend at lunch or something and they're on their phone? They're doing something totally, you know, and you're trying to tell them what is going on in your week or what you need or what you're frustrated or worried about, and they just give you the every now and then, yeah, yeah, okay, uh uh-huh. But they're kind of not really present. It's a horribly abandoning feeling, and it's very disrespectful. So we want to give people the gift of time because that is one of the only commodities we can't get back. We can't make more of it, and we can't get back lost time. So time, giving humans time, is one of the most precious things you can give them. So don't show up in body but not really be there. That's, that, that's one of the, the most really, truly disrespectful and very hurtful things you could do to somebody is really not be there. Be on the phone talking to somebody else and say, hey, just a second, hang on just a second, I got to take this call. Or, you know, I really want you to think about courtesy and politeness. That the only call I would ever take in front of somebody would usually be my mother or my husband. Because they know my schedule really well. And if they're calling me at a particular time that they wouldn't normally call me, something's up. But otherwise, I can call people back. And with technology that we have today, people have have a very lot, many ways to tell me if it's an emergency. So it's okay for you to relax. Give the person in front of you the time that they deserve and that they need. That's what God does with us. He gives us time. And thank God he gives us time. And then good friends really listen. And the thing about God, he says, hey, come let us reason together. He wants to know our heart. He wants to know what's going on inside of me. Now, he he already knows because he's God. But he wants to hear me say to him, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm not okay with. This is what bothers me. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what I keep doing and I don't know how to stop. That's what God wants to hear. He wants to be your friend. So we need to let people be our friends. And we need to desire and ask to be their friend. So friends truly listen. I mean, how many times have you tried to have a conversation with someone and they turn the topic back on themselves? Now, they're, they're, this, this particular area sometimes gets kind of, I don't know, kind of messed up a little bit. Many times when people are trying to listen to you and they start to talk about their part, what they're, a lot of people are trying to do is just relate to you. So they're like, yeah, I had that happen to me and it was like blah, 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 blah. So you have to kind of discern between, is this person just selfish and always turning it back around to themselves and I never get to have 
them thinking about me or talking about me at any point? Or are they just trying to relate to me? So what's happening? And if you can't discern the difference, just tell them. Just say, you know what? I feel like every time I tell you something, you always have, you always kind of one-up it. Or you always have a story as well. And I don't know if you're trying to relate to me or if, if you just are talking more about you. And so I, I'm really wanting you to hear what's going on with me and really understand what's happening with me. And give that person a chance to be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm really there 100% with you. I'm just trying to, like, add to it and show you that I'm listening. So they can learn a different way to respond. So you want to be open to two-way dialogue with someone. And that does improve the relationship and it does strengthen it. But it has to be balanced. It has to be a balanced conversation where people are actively paying attention to the other person. And that they're being good listeners and they're validating feelings. This is not the time to tell someone they shouldn't feel that way. This is the time to say... I can see I know you well enough. I know why, I know that would really hurt you. I know that would really bother you. And I wonder if this is what they were trying to do. But I can see how that would really, really hurt. So they also support us through adversity. They don't walk away when things get tough for us. Maybe when, when we've had a major mistake, when we've had a, a blunder professionally or personally, and all of a sudden we find that we have less friends. Well, those, those episodes in our life usually reveal to us who our closest friends are and who really is our friend. So they provide support during times of success, but also during times of failure. And when there's grief, they're with us when it's joyful. They're with us when it's sad. They don't just try to be happy all the time, and the only reason they're with us is you know, to make their own life better. That's not a friend. So a friend is able to know someone enough and trust them enough to even allow them support through those times. That's a true sign of friendship. The people who are in your life that are as close as close to family as you can get, these are the people that you want to make sure that that friendship is life-giving on both sides, what you're getting from them, what they're receiving from you. They also keep stress in check. See, one of the hallmarks of a long-lasting friendship is knowing what makes the other person tick, right? Genuine friends can sense duress. And they can really help us in better decision-making because they want what's best for us. They're not competing with us. So many times with friends that, that we're close to that really understand us, sometimes we think we want their advice, but sometimes what we find is that just having them there listening to us talk out loud is the best thing they could ever give us. See, spending time with really good friends is one of the best ways to relieve stress. Yes, exercises, eating right is, sleeping, yes, reading and encouraging things. But being around people that love you and truly see you, see you for who you are, know you, is one of the best ways to lessen stress. Really best friends, good friends are humble people. Think of how humble God is. He humbles himself enough to be friends with us. 
these mistake-making people. And mistake-making is a kind, you know, generality. So genuine friends celebrate accomplishments. And they remind us of how far we've come. They kind of can keep us in check because they really do know who we are. And so no matter how successful we are, they can be really happy about our success, but they also know us at our worst. And they know the best version of you. So they support you when you succeed, and they support you when you really screw up. Because they really have our backs, right? God has my back. Satan constantly disses me, constantly speaks against me, constantly tells God all the things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. And God says, that's okay, I know her. I know her. And this is what friends do for friends. When someone starts to speak poorly about one of my friends, I say, you know, okay, so some of that might be true. I know that person. However, I really know that person. And this is what I know about them. And so I'm not having to deny something that may be true. I still can support who I know my friend is. I have their back without lying. And this is crucial. Supportiveness is crucial in friendships. And, and people that are your friend, they make you a priority. That means I don't treat my best, best friends worse than I treat people that I barely know. Because I'm not trying to manage my, my ego and how people perceive me. I'm recognizing that there is a hierarchy. My friends and family are going to get most of my attention first and it's going to trickle down. Or you can think of it as a ripple. I drop a rock in a pond and it ripples out. Well, some friends are on ripple number one. Some of my friends might be on ripple 20. And the last thing, they always practice forgiveness. God is always forgiving me. And he's forgiving me for things I don't even know that are wrong. So friends forgive us of things that maybe they don't even tell us that we've done and they forgive us. And the reason that we are able to be given the gift of forgiveness is if we are repentant people. If we are people that say, I'm sorry, I should not have done that. I didn't call you back. And that's not right. Whatever the offense, however great or small, we take responsibility for what we do and we accept their forgiveness. And we forgive them. Well, that's what helps us be better people. That's how we be the best version of ourselves. It's not just us. It's our whole community. It's our friends, our family. It's God that really helps us be who we were originally intended to be. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Be your best version to people. Let God be your best friend and be a best friend. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.